Hi, this is Jeff Cobra, and we welcome you as we visit Epcot today for this Disney at Play podcast. We're coming right on into the park, and hopefully you're joining us either by podcast or via YouTube. You'll see that they've opened up the green spaces prior to the arrival area at Epcot, looking really good. The tents are still uh, in play uh, in the front that were uh, hosted by Advent. Um, but uh, as we pass they are no longer occupied and they're no longer doing we'll the fever checks. That, um, We're going to head straight on through are to being put uh, onto the globe uh, as part of the 50th anniversary celebration of Walt Disney World. Here in the video, we're showing you a, a much closer view, and you can see uh, the lights that are being attached. It's very difficult to really see during the day, but I'm quite excited to see how it actually. Well, well, how it's going to come out at night. I think it's going to look quite beautiful. And yet it's not noticeable. It's not um, it's not ugly in any way. It it works very well into, into the setting of Spaceship Earth. I thought it'd be interesting if we went over to the Land Pavilion and kind of saw how this maskless policy is proceeding. As, as guests arrive to the land and they ascend to the entrance of the pavilion, there's a guest greeter in front reminding them that they're going to need to be wearing masks as they enter the land. And then as they go in, there are uh, greeters inside, again, reminding guests to wear a mask as they are inside the uh, pavilion. So everybody inside does need to wear a mask. Looking down on the pavilion, you'll see that uh, a number of things are happening right now. Uh, you'll see the tables are still very much spaced apart at the Seasons uh, restaurant. You'll see that um, there really aren't a lot of guests. In fact, right now, the um, Living with the Land attraction, it was about 4 or 5 in the afternoon, uh, and that attraction was basically walk-on. One of some of the best things to do in the middle of the afternoon or late afternoon is to go visit Future World because uh, a lot of folks have already moved on to World Showcase. Over at the uh, Soren attraction, the lines were only, I believe, 35 minutes at that time. Usually it's a little less than the stated uh, waiting time. So um, that was a good time to be in that pavilion and to check things out. If you haven't seen the new movie, maybe that's a real good thing to do. As you kind of step outside into the area, you see that there are um, a lot of guests out and about, but by and large, it's really quite well spaced. Here we are, um, you'll notice getting into the Butterfly Pavilion next to the land. Guests are separated and they're only allowing so many people into the Butterfly Pavilion, but once they're inside, they are free to be uh, maskless because it is an outside attraction. So I uh, guess are enjoying uh, the beautiful exhibits of the butterflies and everything looks uh, wonderful. Now, this year, the uh, Flower and Garden Festival was lengthened considerably. By now, this is kind of the waning weeks of the, ex uh, of the entire event. Um, but it's been like, hey, take a look at these butterflies. Beautiful. You can see several of them all mounted together. Um, it's uh, quite enjoyable. And uh, a lot of guests have taken the time to really check out all of the butterflies. It's just a, a very nice exhibit. 
this year the International Flower and Garden Festival is actually going to go on until July 5th. So it's going well into the summer, which is not easy because it gets pretty warm this time of year. They're having to do a lot of uh, uh, watering. Uh, here's a beautiful image of flowers and the ponds and the falls near Journey to Imagination. Uh, but I wanted to just show in our video that's found on YouTube, J. Jeff Coper, uh, flowers from throughout the festival. Here you see the blanket of flowers that are aligned between World Showcase and Future World. Here's a cute little topiary involving Peter Pan and Captain Hook. Um, traditional uh, flower uh, and uh, topiary designs and landscaping designs found throughout the year. And then the, right here in Japan, you'll see uh, the dragon that is right underneath the, uh, the Orange Tory Gate uh, looking onto uh, World Showcase Lagoon. Speaking of the lagoon, here's some footage of what is happening uh, out in the lagoon with the barges. There have been uh, tests at night of fireworks for both Epcot Forever and for the New Harmonious show. So who knows what's really uh, uh, coming to you first, but you can see with the barges uh, that um, they are actually doing a lot of work in practicing their movement and uh, choreography. This is interesting because this is a very windy day. In fact, this is why I'm recording in post because the wind was very intense for recording and would have muffled, then the, the noise of it all would have been pretty annoying um, for purposes of this podcast. Let's head to France and check out some things that are happening uh, there. It's a beautiful day along uh, the riverbank as we cross the bridge over to France. Note that uh, the Skyliner is in operation today and uh, the views are just really beautiful. Also, um, we should note that the Skyliner is actually going to be uh, under maintenance uh, for a short period of time in January. So be aware of that if you're planning to be out here. Here we see an entrance to the Ratatouille attraction and we have a wonderful topiary with, the, uh, with Remy on the one side uh, of the entrance to the attraction. Guests are coming to and from. All that's being uh, available in this space are the restrooms. The other day we had a chance to actually board the Skyliner and to travel from Epcot to Disney's Hollywood Studios. So it gave us a great chance to see the Ratatouille attraction. It is really, for all intents and purposes, completed. You can even see, if you look right, the fountains are actually working in the front courtyard. Everything's clean, everything's ready to go. Construction's completed. In fact, actually, uh, much of the construction cleanup has actually been done uh, behind the attraction. And uh, yeah, we're ready to see what this is like. Meanwhile, over in front of the cinema, you see the Beauty and the Beast topiary, and we see quite a, quite a huge crowd waiting to see uh, the uh, Beauty and the Beast sing-along show uh, at the cinema. It's not my favorite, but a lot of people are enjoying it. Let's talk about Morocco. A couple of months ago, they set about to uh, redo the restrooms, but that seems to have been 
just the tip of the iceberg. Just a little later, they went in to redo a architectural feature of the pavilion that seemed a little controversial. I'm not going to talk about what it looked like. Just know that it's been cleaned up and fixed up, and now people can't make suggestive thoughts about it. This is a family show, after all. But now it seems like there's even more activity going on than ever before. In the front courtyard, there's a whole lot of work, and it may be only plumbing or electrical kinds of work, but it makes you wonder if there isn't a greater plan in play now that the um, team that originally sponsored this pavilion have left as a result of COVID. Where we really see an interesting thing happening is with Restaurant Marrakesh. This was in the back of the pavilion, and it stood as kind of the, the, the weenie to bring you all the way, the carrot at the end of the stick, but weenie is well referred to it, bring you to the end of the pavilion to experience Morocco fully in this beautifully themed restaurant. But after a number of years, they added additional restaurants. First was Tangerine Cafe which has been closed since COVID started. And by the way, have you noticed that now the sign has been covered up as you see in this image here. Then they went and they took out some beautiful gardens that were in the front of Morocco and they put it in something called Spice Road Table, which is really a nice way of enjoying the view of World uh, Showcase Lagoon. With that addition, they added... Um, at that time, as I recall, of the Oasis uh, Sweet and Sips, that may have been changed in title from time to time. And there's been some new repainting of uh, signs like this. So that, again, gives you the idea something's coming up. And then there's always the food festival with the taste of Marrakesh. Well, and there's always this Moroccan food festival uh, during the event. So with all of this, it's just now Restaurant Marrakesh has way too much competition that nobody's uh, been making reservations, even prior to COVID. It just was always one of the available restaurants any time of day to come back there, which is a sad thing because actually, if you have been inside the restaurant, it is a beautiful restaurant inside. The tile work is magnificent. But could this restaurant be redone to be something else? My feeling is, is that this would make a great entrance and even lobby or queue or entrance portal into what is uh, one of Tokyo Disney Sea's favorite attractions, the Seven um, Sinbad's Storybook Voyage. And this is just an amazing attraction with beautiful songs by Alan Menken. You, this would be a great attraction to be put. And by the way, it would be a very um, diverse, uh, inclusive kind of attraction to build on themes of people from, from this side of the world. And um, it's already been designed out, so it would be very affordable. And by the way, Disney feature animation, you should do a movie on Sinbad. This is a great um, property to do something. And there's lots of different events that occur in the story involving a whale and a giant bird and and a giant himself and it's just and again this music i am just struck that disney does not take advantage now maybe the back of this restaurant 
would become maybe an Aladdin breakfast or something, character breakfast. That would be popular, but still, how many restaurants do you need? Now, in Italy, there are a lot of restaurants there too, but people love Italian food. There just isn't that much demand for Moroccan food. That said, Italy just added the Gelateria Toscana, which is a beautiful little facility. If you remember, they were doing a kind of an ice cream uh, cart that was uh, beautifully shaped with a little donkey in, uh, in front of it. They have now moved that uh, towards the rear. Um, and in lieu of this, they built this little facility off to the right. And we ended up getting a waffle cone, two scoops for about 850, and then also the Copa del Nono, vanilla chocolate cookies and cream, chocolate sauce, whipped cream, amaretta cookies for 11.75. I thought um, that was a little expensive. Uh, the facility looked beautiful, even on the inside uh, where you were ordering. It looked very Italian. The tile work was just, just gorgeous. And it really did have this Italian feel. But I couldn't help but compare our ice cream experience to two things. The first is Artisan de Classe um, in France. But the second is Beaches and Cream Soda Shop, which we had done just a couple of days previously. That space has been largely uh, remodeled and extended. And the ice cream was maybe a dollar or two more, but nearly twice of what you would have gotten in Italy. Meanwhile, uh, the space that they did design is beautiful. I love the tile work which has been done inside the shop. It's very classy looking. And they've added a courtyard that kind of uh, bridges the original Italy to what they have. Um, and it just all comes together beautifully. Night lights to enjoy your sorbet and some benches to just sit and enjoy. By the way, if you notice over the wall, there are olive trees in the distance. A very classy looking thing. Meanwhile, the old cart has been moved from its original location and it now sits further back inside the pavilion. I didn't care for that very much because it occupies a very lovely space where could they were having people queue up and line and I, I didn't go for that very much. They offer uh, a number of uh, drinks uh, and then some gelatos and sorbets. So we continue our journey around World Showcase um, past Germany and then on our way to China. And I can't help but think as I'm walking through the park how different it really looks from when it first reopened in July of last year, where the crowds were a little more modest than more tenuous about stepping forward through this experience. And yet, at the same time, I can't help but think how the crowds really differ from the size of what they looked like back before the pandemic, when they were much bigger. Our journey takes us to Mexico to visit Grand Fiesta Tour, starring the three caballeros. I had done a previous expose, which emphasize some topics here. I'll talk about those in a second, but what we have found is that uh, earlier in the week, uh, posted on Instagram was uh, one of the animatronics being prepared and ready, and they have been reinserted into the ride show experience. So 
we are here to board a boat and uh, set tour on uh, the uh, Grand Fiesta tour to see how the uh, how the three caballeros look uh, now that they have gone through their uh, refurbishment. And here we are. We are turning around the corner and coming to the concert stage where all three are singing. All three look terrific. Uh, they have been uh, all synced up and they look professional and it's just a, a wonderful ending to that attraction. And uh, I'm glad to see it back in order. Now, if you had uh, fallen, uh, if you have followed my previous podcast, I'd called it uh, El Gran Fiasco starring the three cambios, which means uh, the great disaster starring the three changes and I was a Disney at work podcast which emphasized um, three types of changes that occur uh, one of which you can see if you're on YouTube right now we're sitting in the disembarkation zone and the ride has completely gone down at this point and it is a re-emphasis of one of the three changes I talked about the animatronics I talked about the the COVID pandemic, but I also talked about this exit point and how all three of those are different uh, changes which uh, have to be anticipated and addressed and their application into one's own life. So if you haven't had a chance to visit that podcast, I invite you to do so. It's, uh, I think it's one of my better ones because it emphasizes some important aspects of how we look at change how we anticipate change, how we embrace change, and how we address change. So when you have a chance, uh, take a look at it. Know that we did eventually get off the boat <laughs> to disembark, but we spent uh, a good uh, good 10 to 15 minutes kind of sitting there in that canal listening to audio, which was way too loud over the speakers. But again, listen to the podcast and you'll see what I'm referencing. I leave Mexico and head to the Odyssey restaurant where I check out the Epcot encounter again. It's just a really beautiful presentation of all that's come to Epcot. And I think I should say, look for a future podcast where, and a video where we're going to really deep dive into what those uh, illustrations and uh, visuals show in terms of the future of what Epcot is supposed to look like. And by the way, speaking of the future of Epcot, we passed by Mission Space, where this last week, the Pantina Group uh, announced uh, job openings. Seems like they're in a place right now where they're ready to hire folks to uh, take on this restaurant, and I couldn't wait uh, any longer. I really am excited to see this restaurant reopen and see what it's like. I think that... Uh, a lot of people are excited to to visit this new uh, 
the facility and, uh, and see what it all looks like. So um, excited about that and uh, looking forward to, uh, to that when it comes out. From there, we turn around and uh, we see uh, the Mouse Gears store. Earlier in the week, there was also a presentation, well, some images, uh, video shown actually, of the new flooring that was being put into the club cool area, which is going to be just beyond where you're looking at this visual kind of um, uh, in the space near electric umbrella. And that is looking really uh, promising, very cool flooring. Of course, what they've done with the flooring is it's all crushed uh, Coke bottles um, in, in a beautiful, that beautiful red uh, look and feel. And uh, now the problem is, is it what it really needs is uh, it needs to uh, figure out a way to not make the floor sticky is what they've got to do. But notwithstanding, it looks like it's... Uh, uh, very exciting and that it's coming along quite quickly. All right, at this point, uh, night is settling in. We're in front of Spaceship Earth, and uh, I think this kind of wraps up our opportunity to showcase all that is going on at Epcot. We're glad you could join us and appreciate uh, your being a part of this. Make sure you check out and subscribe uh, to our podcast if you haven't done so already. If you have a chance, go visit J. Jeff Cobra on YouTube and make sure you subscribe to that so you can see uh, the videos that go along with all of this. Uh, we have a good solid library that's uh, there and worth checking out. And then uh, make sure if you have a chance to check out the Wayfinder page. That's our Patreon. Uh, that's our Patreon location where we provide interactive apps and uh, experiences for you to enjoy and to better understand the world of Disney and it's free to you as you help support this podcast and help make it a reality so if you get a chance please come check out the Wayfinder page again thank you for joining us uh, finally in the words of Sinbad Storybook Voyage which I alluded to earlier always follow the compass of your heart we hope you have a great day and uh, we look forward to seeing you again real soon. Take care.